my happy privilege to welcome each one of you to the Lord's house today. We're uh, through the medium, uh, Facebook Live. We appreciate you taking time to tune in. And uh, we're just uh, so thankful for this opportunity to reach out. 7,000 views. Wow, that's very impressive that we've had people tuning in to uh, this uh, service. And so we thank you uh, from the bottom of our hearts uh, for doing that. And uh, we want you to continue to pray for us uh, as we continue on. Pray for all the churches that are trying to uh, stay afloat and uh, keep uh, the worship services going to some degree. Uh, and so uh, a lot of them, uh, small churches, don't have this medium. We're thankful that uh, we do. And I'm thankful for Brother uh, Brian and his wife for helping us uh, uh, do this and uh, we're just so thankful uh, for everybody that's had a part our singers we appreciate you so so very very much appreciate our sound people uh, taking uh, their time to come and to be with us today I want us to turn to the book of uh, Isaiah chapter 53 I want to preach a sermon today called his life for mine his life for mine as we have Approach the time that we will be celebrating the resurrection of our Lord on Resurrection Sunday. I assume that we will once again be here uh, uh, online, live, and so I hope that you'll tune in with us uh, next week as we assemble uh, here and as we uh, view, as you view us uh, ministering to you. And I hope that you sing along with our congregation, uh, no songs and that that's a time of worship for you. Isaiah chapter 53, if you will, and we're going to begin with verse 4. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. All we, like sheep, have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed. And was afflicted. Yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter. And as a sheep before her shearers is dumb. So he opened not his mouth. Today through the witness of God's word. We come to this place that we know. And have come to know as Calvary. Calvary is the place where God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son to die for the sins of the world. Calvary is the place where God's love was raised to tremendous heights while sin reached down to its lowest depths. Calvary is the place where the son of God died that the sons of men might live. Amen. Calvary is the place where 
We must come. Every person must come in repentance and faith and to receive the finished work of that cross in order that they might receive remission of the sins and eternal life. The great gift that God has given. Without our works, he did all the work for us, for which we are grateful and we are thankful. And so we, in our, we see in our reading that Isaiah, the great prophet, looked through the uh, tunnel of time to foretell the coming events that would take place in this act that we know as the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. We call it the cross. And when we talk about the cross, we understand that it encompasses all that happened there at that cross. Many things we probably do not understand that will only be revealed in eternity of the price that Jesus paid there at the cross. We know that it is important. The Apostle Paul, who wrote the majority of the New Testament, didn't write very much about the birth and the life and the miracles of Jesus. But he focused in on the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. We call that the gospel. The gospel is good news. And when we come to the cross, we realize that it is not pretty. Crucifixion is not pretty. But to every one of us who have come to that cross by faith, it is precious. Because it is there that his mercy was great and his grace was free. It was there that we found peace that passeth understanding. It is there that we find a pardon. It is there that we find purpose in our life. It is there where we find the propitiation of our sins and where we have the power of the cross to live in and to die in. Thank God for the cross. How helpless and how hopeless we would be today were it not for the cross of Calvary. Notice several things today about the cross. First of all, I want us to notice the sacrificial life. A sacrificial life. Now we read in the Old Testament about the Passover lamb in the Exodus. You know the story. It's very familiar of how that the children of Israel were in Egypt. And they cried out to God. And Moses went before Pharaoh with Aaron and said, let my people go. And after much trial, much tribulation, many plagues, we finally find that God told Moses and the children of Israel to go and to slay a lamb and take the blood of that lamb and, to, and put it over the doorpost. And when the angel of death would come through the night, it would take the lives of the firstborn. But those that had their blood, the blood applied, the blood of that lamb applied uh, to their doorpost, he would pass over. And that night, as you could hear the cries of parents, mamas that were weeping in Egypt because their firstborn had died, that the people of Israel that had the blood applied 
were rejoicing and being thankful that their lives have been saved. As we read through the Old Testament, we find that there was a system of animal sacrifices. Animals that were brought to the tabernacle and brought to the temple and their throats were cut and their blood was shed. And we find that that was a shadow, only a shadow of things that were going to come. That would be fulfilled at the cross where Jesus died. Actually, what it was, was like a credit card, a spiritual credit card. And uh, they would uh, uh, be put to an account. Our sins would be put to an account. And then later on, that account would be paid for by the Lord Jesus Christ. We find in Hebrews chapter 10 and verses 1 and uh, And also in verse 4, verse 1, it says, it tells us very plainly and very simply uh, that uh, it was a, uh, for having a shadow of good things to come. And it was not the very image of the things, but they can never, with those sacrifices which they offered at the tabernacle and the temple year by year continually uh, make the comers thereunto uh, perfect. It did not do anything for them at the present, but it just forwarded it to their credit card. And so then in verse 4, it tells us very plainly that that uh, uh, sin would... uh, uh, it would uh, take it. It was not possible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away our sins, and so all those sacrifices did not pay for our redemption, did not pay for our reconciliation, did not serve as our ransom, but was put on the credit card, spiritual credit card that needed to be paid. And the good news is, Jesus paid it. One day, every knee will bow, and we will thank him for paying our credit off at the cross. Isaiah said that Jesus would be brought as a lamb in verse 7. He would be brought as a lamb before, uh, as a lamb to the slaughter. A lamb to the slaughter. And so today we are thankful and we are grateful for that sacrifice of life that Jesus gave in order that the debt might be paid. And today I know that the blood of Christ is not a pretty thing, but it is a precious thing to all who have come to the cross in repentance and faith. And I'm not ashamed today and say that I'm a, from the top of my head to the bottom of my foot, I'm a blood-bought Baptist. And without the blood, there could not be any forgiveness of our sin. Without the blood, there could be no remission. There could be no ransom. There could be no reconciliation to God. But thank God, there at the cross, the sacrifice was made and it was once and for all and forever shed in order that we might receive
payment for our sins. What can wash away our sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Praise God that he was willing to go and to shed his blood and to give his life in order that we might be saved. And then secondly, notice not only a sacrificial life, but a substitutionary life. Back to Isaiah chapter 53. We read in verse 3 that he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. And the chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. How grateful and thankful I am for that verse of scripture. How thankful I am that it tells us that this was a substitutionary work that Jesus did there upon the cross of Calvary. I'm glad today that we have a Savior who was willing to go all the way and pay that price in order that we might have life, that we might have it abundantly and that he was willing to take our place. It should have been me up on the cross. You know, it's easy to get lost in the hour of that verse of scripture. He was wounded for our transgression. I believe that it would do us do the scriptures no injustice to say he was wounded for my transgression. He was bruised for my iniquities. The chastisement of my peace was upon him. And by, my, by his stripes, I am healed. Thank God today. That was a substitutionary death. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, uh, Paul focuses in on this, uh, this event called the cross and the power of the cross. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, as Paul writes to the church uh, at Corinth. And he said, For he, God, hath made him, Jesus, to be made sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Jesus was the spotless Lamb of God. John the Baptist said, Behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. And I am glad today, I am excited today to know that Jesus took my place upon the cross. It should have been me upon the cross. It should have been me with the nail prints in my hands. It should have been me with the crown of thorns upon my brow. It should have been me with the nail uh, pierced in my side. It should have been me with the stripes on my back. But Jesus paid it all and all to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain. He washed it white as snow at Calvary in second Peter chapter 2 Peter also focuses in on this uh, verse of scripture on this event through this verse of scripture second Peter or first Peter uh, chapter 1 he says who his own self talking about Jesus bore our sins in his own body on the tree that we 
being dead to sin, should live unto righteousness, and by whose stripes ye were healed. And so he bore it all. He bore the pain. He bore the suffering. He bore our sin. When Jesus hung upon the cross, all of our sin was placed upon him. And then all the mighty wrath of God came down upon him. And Jesus suffered like no man ever suffered. The weight of my sin and the weight of the judgment of Almighty God for me. Oh, hallelujah. What a Savior that we have. It was a substitutionary life that, we, that he lived. When I think about the substitution, I think about a fellow by the name of Barabbas. Barabbas was a criminal. And he was the most wanted of criminals. And it was time for his execution. But there was a custom every year that one person would be part pardoned. And would be pardoned and released. And so Pilate brought Jesus before him and said, What shall I do with this man? And they said, Let him be crucified. He said, You mean to, you want what I do with your king? They said, We have no king but Caesar. Let him be crucified. Let him be crucified. And all the time Barabbas sat in jail waiting for the guards to come and to take him to the cross. The Bible says they led Jesus away. And I can imagine the scene as the guard went in. Barabbas could hear the crowd saying, crucify him, crucify him. Probably not hearing who they were talking about. Thinking that it was his crucifixion. And so the guards come in. And they unlock his shackles. And say, Barabbas, this is a good day for you. He said, Jesus is going to die for you. You know those crosses up there on the hill? Well, there's one up there for you. But Jesus is going to take that cross you know how we, they, they take them and whip them before they take them? Jesus already did that for you. You know how they nail you to the cross? Well, you were supposed to have that, but Jesus took those nails for you. Barabbas, you can go free. I wonder how Barabbas must have felt. If I had been Barabbas, I believe I would have went up there to that cross and I would have knelt and said, Lord Jesus, thank you for dying for me. Thank you for being my substitute, a substitutionary life. His life for mine. All today you can stand at that cross through the witness of God's word and you can raise your fist and say, Jesus, I don't want you. I don't want you to have my soul. I don't want you to have my life. I do not want to spend eternity with you in your house, in your father's house. I don't want your blood applied to my account. I don't want you to be my substitute. 
And you can shake your little fist at him, but I promise you one day when this life is over, God's going to put his, his hand into your soul and put a firm grip on your soul. And he's going to snatch it out of your breast and it will go into an eternity that is barren and Christless and you'll have your way then. But it will be too late to be sorry. It'll be too late to repent. It'll be too late to have faith. God's given us this opportunity to take advantage of that substitutionary life that Jesus paid his life for mine and yours. And then thirdly, notice a satisfied life. A satisfied life. All of those shadows and all of those types in the Old Testament showed that Messiah would come. In Romans chapter 3 and verse 25, it talks about the um, substitutionary death and the fact that uh, it would serve as the propitiation for our sins in Romans 3, 25. And it would be there that we would have, find remission of sins. It says, when God has set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood to declare the righteousness for the remission of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God. And so God forbear sin and sins personified until the day that Jesus came and he paid the debt. He paid the credit card off at the cross. Our account was satisfied with a holy and a righteous and a just God. We owed a debt we could not pay. He paid a debt he did not owe because he was sinless and he was holy. And as he hung there upon the cross, robed in his own blood and bearing our sin, the judgment for all time and all eternity was poured upon him. He cried out, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And in that moment, in some mysterious way, heaven hid his face. The father turned his back and Jesus died alone. And the Bible says that when the father would hear the travail of his soul in Isaiah 53 verse 11, when he would hear the travail of his soul, he would be satisfied. Oh, listen today, I'm glad that the account is settled. I'm glad that my account is paid for. He paid a debt he did not owe. God is holy and God is just. Because God is holy and because God is just, he must, must punish sin. And that's what happened at the cross of Calvary, even though it was found on his son. Apart from the work of the cross, there is no forgiveness. Apart from the cross, there is no eternal life. Apart from the cross, there is no ransom that could be paid. Apart from the cross, there could be no redemption 
for, for us as sinners. But for the cross, there would not be any reconciliation to God. There would be no power. There would be no pardon. There would be uh, no propitiation. There would be no purpose and there would be no peace. Thank God for Calvary. Jesus also was satisfied with what he did. And I'm here to tell you today that all the shadows and all the types that were portrayed satisfied Jesus when he paid that price. John 17 and verse 4, he said, I have finished the work that thou gavest to me. John 19.30, as Jesus hung upon the cross, he said, it is finished. It is finished. You see, the cross is the hinge. It's the hinge that the door of salvation swings upon. And so today, God's mercy is deferred the payment of sin. It deferred the payment of sin. God's justice demanded the payment for that sin. And God's grace delivered the payment for sin. His life for mine. It is finished. Thank God. Thank God for Jesus. A sacrificial life. A a substitutionary life. A satisfied life at the cross. His life for mine. Listen to Aaron as he sings that song. It'll be a blessing to you, I know.
bless you. Thank you. Would you pray with me today? Father, we thank you today for the life, the death of Jesus Christ. And we pray that you would bless all those who have listened. Draw us close to the cross today, the cross on which Jesus died, in order that we might live. And I pray today that you would bless all of our viewers and pray that you would just uh, give them whatever they stand in need of. Help us to be sustained spiritually and also physically. And we'll pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, I hate to uh, talk about the death of Jesus, a dying Savior, without talking about a risen Lord. And next week, we're going to celebrate the resurrection of our blessed Savior. So you come and be with us via this medium. 10.30 next Sunday morning. As they used to say, same place, same station. You come and be with us. And if you haven't sent an offering in, church members, we are checking our mailbox daily. Need to hear from you. And you folks out there, support your local church, if you will. If you don't have one, we'd be glad to receive your offering. But we want to keep things going here the best that we possibly can. The bills don't stop. So God bless you. Have a wonderful super duper day. And uh, we'll see you again next time. God bless.